0: Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. My name is Spencer Powell, the president here at Builder Funnel. And each episode, we bring you marketing and sales strategies to fuel growth for your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode number 23. And in this conversation, I sit down with Jason Adams and Frank Patka of Build Intelligence and also Arbor Builders. And we talk about Business intelligence and really how the home building industry has not embraced this to its fullest potential, and how a lot of, I guess, small to mid sized builders probably have a big opportunity to take advantage of implementing some business intelligence tools, getting some better reporting, and starting to kind of take the industry by storm. And so, I think you'll get a lot out of this episode where we dive into how to get started with business intelligence, which areas of the business that these tools can help you with, and a few interesting stories and cool automation uh, points and techniques that Jason mentions throughout the episode. So sit back and relax, episode number 23. Hey, Jason. Hey, Frank. Glad to have you guys on the show today.
1: Thanks for having us. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the show. Um, we're talking about a, a topic that kind of dives into uh, technology and data, which I think is really interesting. And I know you guys are doing some some cool stuff and how you're applying that. And so I'm excited to to kind of uncover some of those. But before we we get to the nitty gritty of, of the show today, um, you know, Jason, can you kind of give us a little bit of background on you know how you got into the the world
2: of home building? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in a real estate family. My mom uh, has been a realtor in in Central Oregon for 30 years, 40 years now, and my stepfather was a property manager and I was the kid that they hired for $10 an hour to mow the yard and $5 (laughs) an hour to sweep the sidewalks and make the listings look good. So I I, I grew up around the real estate business and then um, went off to college and got a four-year degree at Oregon State in business. And knew I wanted to put my head to work and not my hands. And so moving back to central Oregon, uh, was uh, what I wanted to do. And there's not a lot of industry here, um, as far as major economies, but construction and uh, the growth of the area from a population basis is real. So, and I know I didn't want to do exactly what my mom or stepdad was doing. So I, I thought I'd get into kind of more of the speculative side of real estate. And so I actually bought and fixed up and sold my first house before I graduated from college. And, um, then started doing that kind of just fixing up houses 2001 through 2004. And then the market got really strong and I got into a little bit of subdividing did a few subdivisions, um, turning infill pieces of land into buildable lots and selling to builders. And then in 2006, you know, the market was hot as can be. And I was, Borrowing as much as I could, and like literally the music stopped. And uh, Ben went from one of the fastest appreciating towns to one of the fastest depreciating towns, and it was scary. And um, so I actually kind of switched gears and uh, got into the foreclosure business buying and selling. Pro- well, I was doing two things I was trying to get out of my positions, uh, properties, and working with my own lenders um, to pay things off, but also to kind of the business of kind of fixing houses again in in a foreclosure sense. And you did like 60 houses in five years and made a business out of it. And then the market turned again, people kept coming here and like 95% of the builders left the industry, left the the area. Um, Some of them left the country. Wow. Three builders that committed suicide. Um, it was crazy, but people, you know, it was still a beautiful place to ski, a beautiful place to go fishing, nice place to raise families, and people were like, "We want some homes." So I built my first house in 2011. Um, it was scary as can be, and um, spec house. And we sold it, and gradually shifted gears from the foreclosure business into home building. Um, I think probably by 2013, we we're doing homes, and I wanted to make a business out of it, so I started, you know. Buying software, buying the accounting system and scheduling system and sales system. And I also had my hands on a couple other businesses, a self storage business, and I got my hands on a car wash business. And one day I was like, oh my goodness, I've got like 15 or 20 different logins to get to all my different software systems. <laughs> and I, I, I can barely keep track of the passwords, let alone like look at them. Like it was like a felt like it was an annual process. Come this year can I look at all my reports or this quarter that wasn't like a monthly and daily thing. And, 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 you know, so that, that was kind of my early life as an entrepreneur and a home, getting into home building. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and
0: that's interesting that you made that shift to, to all the foreclosures and kind of re, you know, rebuilding and repositioning the business and then flipping it back. You know, I think a lot of, people went through a lot of transitional phases when everything crashed, you know, and everyone found their own path. And, and that's super cool that you were able to navigate those waters and, and figure that out. And, and so what does harbor builders look like today? And, you know, in the current environment, what kinds of homes are you doing or communities and, you know, how has that evolved?
2: Yeah. Well, we got started with infill projects, um, you know, buying lots in great parts of town and we built some mid-century modern homes and, price points in the 300, 400,000, something stuff that the, the baby boomers from Southern California really were just in love with. And, um, but, but pricing has gotten expensive. And so we kind of strategically in the last year and a half, we started looking at some communities outside of Ben call it more uh, commuter communities or bedroom sure. communities, where lot costs are, you know, uh, a fifth of the price. So, we have expanded actually outside of Bend and we're building in one, two, three, four, five different towns. And we're actually at the moment not doing any more starts in Bend. So, we've actually expanded more to the rural market and our broader price point down. So, we're building a a more of an entry level product in the the 200,000 range. So, once again, it's a sign of a kind of an adjustment as as the the market evolves.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a nice segue into kind of what we want to get into today, because I think a lot of those adjustments come from, you know, things you're seeing in the marketplace, but a lot of it does come from data, uh, you know, intelligence that you're gathering from different places. I want to kind of go back to where you said you, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur, you had all these logins and passwords, and I'm assuming that's kind of what led you to what you're doing now over at, at build intelligence.
2: Yeah. Well, it first became just, um, like I kind of joke about it now, but it was like panic. It was like, I don't know what's going on. Like I got all these people. So I went from like staff of like two to like 15 and I'm like, I know they're working hard (laughs) around and I, I talk to them at meetings and they always are nodding their heads. And I, you know, and I see financials that look pretty good, but like, I really don't know what's going on. And, um, I'm also, um, a young father. Uh, I have now a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And, you know, I was in my twenties. I didn't mind working 60, 70 hours a week to figure out what was going on. But I was also getting into a point where like, you know, I I, want to be here to help out, but I don't want to be here just to figure out what's going on. So we made it. So I just jumped into data analytics without knowing what I was doing just because I saw what was possible. And I think part of it stemmed from my like, um, Call it hobby as a sports fan. Like I don't have the time to watch like baseball like I used to, but I'll make time to watch the world series. And I'll tell you what, when I'm watching the world series. I feel like if somebody called me up and said, what should I do? Like, what picture should I pull in? Just, you know, just show me the stats on, on the screen. And, you know, <laughs> or even like the NBA, I don't watch all the blazer games, but when they get in the playoffs, like, like who should they pull off the bench? You just, you know, let me look at my ESPN portal. And I'll tell you.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, You're like, kind of
0: looking for those, those business stats. Like where are those, you know? where? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Someone says like, Jason, what's your, which house did you build tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're doing this one. Cause it's like, you know, uh, whatever somebody's decided or so I, I guess also with my phone, I'd be like, Like, I know that my neighbor had barbecue chicken for dinner last night, but I don't know what my marketing person is spending their money on. I mean, (laughs) $1,000, $100,000 a year. um, I know more about my neighbor's $5 chicken dinner than I do about our $5. (laughs) (laughs) So the world's changing around me, but my my business, or I think the industry, the home building industry, is just real slow, real behind. And I and I jumped into it, and I at least was willing to say, I don't agree, I don't accept, I'm doing something different. So, I, I jumped into data analytics with an expectation and uh, and you know an ambition. Yeah, that that's awesome. And
0: and what do you? I guess you say you jumped into it. You know, what did that? journey, that path look like? And then kind of what I'm more interested in is what did you uncover as you started to learn more about your business and get more of these statistics, uh, business statistics and the data in front of you and what, what did that do for your business?
2: Yeah, well, I was going through an accounting system change. So I went, I was going from um, Sage 100 into um, Microsoft Dynamics accounting product and there was a shift of accounting reports. And I think one of the scariest things for any business owner is to change their accounting system. And I think it lies within the fact that they don't want to lose their reports. So I was literally, I hired a new company and I said, like, here's my eight reports. I need to run my accounting business from a business from accounting perspective. I might not know what's happening in sales and marketing, but I know it's happening in my accounting system, my cash and margins and some stuff. And so the new company I hired. Um, I mean, they asked for like fifteen thousand dollars to do this work, and I was kind of gulped, and I was like, "Okay, if it'll get me there, I'll do it." But after they've spent through the fifteen thousand dollars, they hadn't gotten me there, and they hadn't even gotten me like a quarter of the way there. And I was like, wow. "Crap, this this looks like a fifty thousand dollars bill on its way." And they're like, "Well, it could be." <laughs> 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 Dang, we didn't this. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't the plan. We didn't decide this when I made this commission and purchase. And they're like, "Whoa, no." you're a big builder, right? And I was like, no, I'm building um, 20 homes this year. And they're like, ooh, yeah, like the other builders going through this right now is building 1,500 homes a year and like, you know, spreading out those costs are a different deal. So so I I just realized it, was, it wasn't a self-serve type of solution. It was like everything had to go through the consultants, everything. And I was just like literally opening up a newspaper, like reading it. So I wanted to get into a platform solution where I could build the reports. I could change the colors. I could, you know, change the views, I could interact with them. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I want more control. And so we, um, so I, I, I scratched that process like abandoned shift and purchased a data analytics platform that was very robust and it was definitely expensive, but, um, I realized I could do it. So I written, read a book, bought a book on um, my sequel for dummies <laughs> from Barnes and Noble and two of them actually read through them. And I at least got the concepts. And luckily I found out that this platform we bought, um, which is Domo, uh, had a ETL tool that was really designed for beginners, business users, we call it. And I just uh, they called it magic ETL. All of a sudden I like found my home in the world. I was like, it was like sliding on a, a, like a new pair of shoes. You're like, Oh, This is what I was looking for, and it allowed you know allowed me to start uh, you know creating reports I wanted, and and also it was a the solution was really robust at connecting all data sources. So the the accounting system we had left reporting solution was like two or three systems it had set up for, but um, we wanted something that could connect to any data source, and so that was that was the next big leap of faith of like you know willingness
0: that's awesome
2: yeah and so you kind of you dove
0: in you got the software domo and you started figuring out okay i want to create my own reports i'm kind of curious what were what were a, just a couple of those key reports that you wanted to create that you were having trouble creating in other places or systems prior to that
2: yeah i'd say the one report that I was after um, with full force and focus was what I call a cash position report. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes out of my from 2006 and 2007 of running out of cash. Like there's nothing more scary as a business person to run out of cash. So I wanted to have a report that showed our, we call our cash position and with all of our construction projects. And I'm at a point or I was at a point in the business where I wasn't, I wasn't paying bills, so I wasn't writing checks, but I was signing loans. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure I could pay the loans and and pay the every you know the payroll the one that was walking through the door every day. So having a key view, like a forecast, a forward view of our cash position, wanted to really tackle. Um, and quite honestly, it's it is well in the world of automation. Um, it's extremely complex, but we've got it really dialed in right now and it's real cool. So we we were able to get there. And then I think a couple other reports were like kind of the standard, like job profitability and, uh, you know, margin management, um, right at the get go. I wanted to make sure I could see what was happening and, and the, and the other businesses I had going on too. I want to be able to jump between businesses pretty easily and not be, you know, so focused on one. The other one has an issue I don't address.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And having a good grasp on cash, I'm sure that's made, you know, night and day difference in terms of your decision-making and what kinds of projects you want to start up and, and those sorts of decisions or when to hire even before this that you're, you know, you're looking at doing that. So, um, I think that's, that's super cool. And, And I'm curious, let's kind of take it just a quick step back for a second for our audience, you know, that maybe, you know, I'm sure they've heard of, all the things we've talked about, but kind of this broad category of, you know, business intelligence, you know, how would you, how would you define that? Or, you know, um, you know, what, what is that really?
2: That's a great question. Um, So I'm a firm believer in human intelligence, right? And we can talk about like smart people, people that know stuff either through experience or through training. And then business intelligence we don't always think about it, but businesses are an organization of people and they have their own level of intelligence. And unfortunately, so you could say business intelligence is the, is the, the collective intelligence. Well, it's not necessarily the sum of the intelligence in a business because you can have a lot of smart people in a business and the business is not smart. Sure. But it's more. It's like what I call it's. It's the collective intelligence. So it's the ability of the of the business to to collect and organize the intelligence of the people within it to work on whatever business objective that is. And businesses have been doing this since the beginning of time. It, organizations, you could call it organizational intelligence. But the, what we think of as business intelligence as the new thing is really like coding that. It's taking logic, the logic of business or the intelligent encoding it. So to some extent, um, the, the, the code or the, um, I don't want to get too esoteric here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reports, you call it the reports are, are smarter. So rather than you going to like, I got to, know what my report says. Like you get these reports. What do I do? I don't know. A smart manager knows how to read the reports. Well, a, 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 a company using business intelligence, the reports are telling them what to do. So you open up your computer and your, your report says, pay off the loan, buy a house, call this person. And all of a sudden you have a smarter organization or, a, a, you know, you yeah, have business intelligence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, you're not having to read or interpret like you just said the the data and the you know the reporting but you're looking at something and then you're going oh okay this is reporting back to me what i need to take action on today what makes the most sense in this scenario or this time frame those sorts of things is that what you're saying
2: yeah you could say it's it's really pushing it like we actually have systems or reports set up where we get text messages so i get i get a text message every time we accept an offer which you know, it just makes me smile, but, um, I also, I also get text messages when we have, we don't, we don't follow certain logical pieces to our business. Like, um, we have, uh, we have a date that our buyers are expected to close on a house. And when that date comes and passes and we don't close, we're late. And I get a text message every time that happens.
0: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I know that there's some reason we didn't close on time. And I, I want to kind of address that. We get text messages when houses are 45 days from complete completion. Sure. So sure. That becomes a, a kind of a notification point to buyers and, you know, kind of a notification of product. So having the reports communicate to us when we want to. Now our, our computers don't talk yet, but I, 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 promise you in the next year or two, you you're going to have me back on the podcast and be talking to my computer. So that will be a much more uh, exciting day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can, you can sit by its side and, and just listen, right? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So, so I'm curious, you mentioned a couple of cool use cases where you get a text notification or something like that. How does that happen? You know, so what, what is the automation behind it? What, what data has to be entered into what place? you know I'm sure that doesn't just magically happen. You know there no. is something that there's some sort of input, right? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so uh, we would say an analytics system or reporting system or business intelligence is not like we're not, uh, is not actually collecting the data. It's, it's doing something with it. So the, the first piece of this whole thing is getting a data collector or a database. Going and you you gotta you gotta have I mean, everyone's got an accounting system for the most part. Um, so uh, you know there's sales systems like a CRM, scheduling systems, budgeting systems. Um, we've got a bunch, and so any one of those entry points it becomes a data collection point, and then and then we pull all those into a, a cloud data warehouse anywhere from 15 minutes to hourly intervals, and there we've got our, our code or our logic um, processing the data. And then we, we can set up key and key, key, like uh, there's, a, there's a popular term called managing by exception. So we can create some exception rules. When, when you know, like my, my financial controller has, I think uh, some alerts when the cash in the bank account drops below some number, he gets notified. Gotcha. Uh, That's so awesome. yeah whatever the, the function is, you can kind of set that alert up. I mean, everybody's busy. Everybody, I mean, we're, we're a lean operation. We're, we're struggling right now. It's a tough market. Like everyone's overworked wants to leave early and no one wants to sit down and sift through data or reports. So the, the whole, you know, beautiful thing is just to like send it to them when they need it. Yeah, that makes sense. And so,
0: basically the first step is you got to have a platform where you can send all this data or I think you said data collection. And then Mm -hmm. you go around and you connect all your, um, your different software that you're using, whether that's a CRM like Salesforce or your marketing system. So you have, you know, emails going out or leads coming in and so you're seeing that data, your Mm -hmm. accounting, your Mm -hmm. scheduling. So then all that data gets put into one place and then and then from there, you have to decide, okay, what is the information that's important to me? I'm sure there's kind of some standard reports that you know are pretty useful. Or is it, or can the can the data warehouse look at all that and say, based on what I'm seeing, you should do X? Or do you have to, to program it to
2: tell you that? No, yeah, it's... it's uh... That's a lot more expensive. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we we need to tell them what to do. Yeah, like dog, You need right? to know.
0: You, you need to know your end use case and what your. You know, oh, this problem always comes up. Well, it'd be great to be notified of that in advance, so I could
2: head that off. That sort of. Yeah, thing. you think of it as organization. Um, uh, like when you do your laundry, you know, you put your stacks. When my wife does our laundry. She stacks <laughs> the lights, the colors, the shorts, dads, kids, you know, sons, daughters, moms. You like you kind of take all this laundry out and you you stack it in spots. And so then she says at some point, okay, everybody go put your laundry away. And by the way, you know, like fold your socks. So that's what the data logic's doing. It's it's actually organizing it in the spots where they're useful. And then and then the, the, the charts are looking at that and are going, okay, I can see it. So there's a, there's an expertise or an industry knowledge base that is needed to get these organized. But, um, you know, once that's done, you know, it's, if you take the clothes example, it's like your drawers already, you just pull out what clothes you want to use. And sure. that's where you want to be like, it's hot day. I'm going to pull out my hot clothes my cold day. It's cold clothes and their data. Most people data are not organized like that. Their data is like a pile of laundry. And they don't know what's clean or dirty and they'll pull something out cause they need to wear something, but just don't know if it's the best choice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's a really good analogy. And I think that helps kind of crystallize it at least. And hopefully it does for, for our audience as well. I'm, I'm kind of curious cause you said you guys are kind of, a, you know, a lean operation and does it make sense? Does business intelligence and kind of trying to put all this together make sense for everybody or is it business, you know, builders of a certain size Um, you know, have you found something to be the case there in terms of, yeah, at this level, it's just not worth the headache, the money to, to build it all
2: and build all those systems and reports. You know, if you take a broader look at business intelligence, it's, it's, it's critical for every business to have. And we're in a, we're in a very volatile time, changing time, very dynamic time in the world. This is not the steady fifties, you know, it's, um, and so I think it's gotta be built into every business plan now. The, there's definitely a variance. you can get involved, um, so you know there's always a big question of like 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 what point do you do you buy a, a dedicated platform, a data warehouse? You know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that because I kind of say like you almost got to treat it like an employee. Like you would say like well, when do I hire someone to like you know go out to the job sites on my, on my ha- like when do I hire a superintendent? Sure. Right? When do I hire a, an estimator? A lot of businesses look at business intelligence as like, I need hundred employees and then I'll hire this thing. And I would say this is like employee number four or five, like you got to have some two or three basic roles and then you got to have your analytics system. Um, but it, it is not cheap and easy. And it's, it's, you know, it's, well, it's not free. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on how you're how interested you are, you know, we, we've, we have gotten involved in making this easier for builders, but um, you know, the industry has been set up to cater to the big companies. It's been set up so you know, Target's running their company on this thing, Facebook's running their company, Google, you know, even the National Geographics, the MasterCards, they're all doing this. And there's there's a gap happening in corporate America, but there's there are people and companies that are taking this to your average your average company. And so that's that's fastly approaching and uh, for home builders it's very near to be like manageable from a cost perspective, but it's gotta be critical to the business plan. I heard in, in Silicon Valley now one of the popular new roles is chief data chief data scientist. So the IT role the, the, the IT rule has typically been the guy or gal in the back room to make sure the wires connected and the computers turn on. And they're not on the front lines with the executives driving the business, but that's changed.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's now
2: like departments and roles, like like they like there somebody that answers to the CEO. With a CEO says my report's not working, boom, there's someone right there to make that thing happen. Or I want to see the you know I want to see my marketing spend to accept offer conversion rate in this market. Boom, it's happening. So that's my opinion on the you know, climate, business climate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd rank it up pretty high. You know, I think you said, you know, it should be kind of your quote unquote fourth or fifth higher. So as you're growing your business, it needs to be, you know, build that system early, get it in place because one, it'll probably, it'll help you get to the next level, but two, you know, it's probably harder to piece together once you get a lot more moving parts going and, you know, getting all your data integrated, I would
2: imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, 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 the hidden, one of the biggest obstacles to data analytics that's really hidden is cleaning up data. So data analytics don't, doesn't make your data clean. Like buying a washing machine, like just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to like have clean clothes. You got to like get the clothes in there, turn the put the soap on and, and do your, your cleaning. Um, so the bigger the company, they got bigger amounts of unclean data and you got pe- and you got people that kind of change the mindset. There's definitely a cultural element to this, like a prioritization that we've had to work through ourselves. Like, like, no one wants to enter data. Ah, really? No, nope. no nope. one wants to? <laughs> really, really wants to go clean up data. Like, I've never had someone to come to me and say, hey, Jason, what data can I clean up today?
0: Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> You'll hire it. that person as soon as you find them.
2: <laughs> no, one, no one. So I'm always like, okay, how do I, like, trick them into this? How do I get them excited? Maybe I'll, like, you know. How do I, what's the context here we need to make to do this? And so we've gone through our series and departments, the smaller you are, the, you know, so you might ask, you know, we're, we're a builder built 50 homes last year. Why are we doing this? Why is DR not doing this? You know, like they're the biggest builder, right? They should, they can afford it. If anyone can afford it, they can. <laughs> and it's because of the, you call it the people and the amount of unclean data, but it's really the people it's like you got more people to change their minds and change their patterns. And I've had a couple of builders come tell me that there are builders that will never do this. They'll just die. And then, you know, from a leadership perspective, not Dear Horton, but, you know, there are builders that will go up, go by the wayside and the next generation will come through. It's like, you know, it's like a fire burning through a forest and then your next set of plants grow up. So um, there's definitely a generation of builders out there that are, are valuing this, they're using it. And those are the ones in you know, next five or 10, 20 years are going to be leading the industry that's that's cool because i think that's a
0: powerful opportunity for everybody that that is willing to make a change like this and and look mm-hmm. at that information i'm curious in thinking about these reports you know you've mentioned a handful of areas of the business from scheduling to just your overall accounting marketing and sales does it cover the gamut is it are these reports kicking out information across all areas of the business or do you have a couple of areas where it really isn't applicable or the information just isn't quite as valuable?
2: Well, we're not tracking our employees' fitness plan right now. What? (laughs) (laughs) We're not tracking, uh, so I mean, say the obvious. We've got accounting, sales, scheduling, purchasing, budgeting, customer surveys. Oh, we haven't started employee surveys. We're going to start that soon. Um, Employee data, certainly employee sentiment, you could say. We've got, yeah, marketing. We've got market data, macro data, national data. So you're covering a, covering a lot of ground there. We, yeah, we don't, we haven't gotten into 3D drawings as a company. And there's, there's some data, like how many studs are in our houses? I couldn't answer that right now. Um, but it's not because we don't have the analytics. We just haven't prioritized going 3D with our drawings. We got website data. It was, it's been a three solid three and a half years to get this, through, but, um, just today. Oh, just today. I'll tell you, someone asked me, Jason, do we have, do we have an old tablet laying around? Right. Like, do we have an extra phone somewhere? Well, we're not that huge that it's like a big, big problem to ask around, but I
1: thought,
2: <laughs> okay, why don't I know if we don't have an extra tablet laying around? <laughs> like, why don't I know that? So today I create a little table, data table called, um, office equipment. Okay. And, and I'm going to ask the managers to enter the serial numbers and names and products we have. So we can know we're having some turnover employees right now. And so you want to make sure that when someone leaves, they get back their computer. Right. And right. someone hires, you want to make sure you don't go buy one. If you already got one, that's something brand new. And oh, our phone system recently, we have a uh, uh, kind of like your traditional phone tree, like marketing numbers and voicemail extensions. And like, you know, if someone were to be out of the office and they check their voicemail. No one would know how to get into it. Or oh, passwords. Just like a week ago. Oh man, this is one of the greatest things I did. We didn't have a password. So I, I started off with my issue with logins, but like the total combined password credentials of our now 15, 16 people company is massive. And we were trying, we had like sticky notes, notepads, spreadsheets, saved in phones, like oh my, everywhere. And Obviously, saving the browser, which is nice. But we have some shared passwords, like you know, you don't want to have one login. So, it was like a week ago, someone's like, "Jason, can't we get this into analytics system?" And I was like, "By golly, we sure can!" And so, so we created a little data strategy, and we created some some rules, and then we've now got this kind of this company effort. You know, get your password submitted. I literally went around to desks saying, "Where's your sticky pads? Where's your notes?" And people pulling them out, kind of embarrassed, but I'm like, "Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and i know we're so advanced we still have new sticky pads and notes but we're going to solve this issue so now we have a spot and boy it's there's little things like going to GoDaddy and making sure that our website is paid for or logging into the new bank account that we just bank we just shifted to or you know or, or just all kinds of little we've got so many of them that now we can see it so that's super okay. cool. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: get really granular with a lot of that stuff.
2: Yeah. My my role as the CEO and owner is really to find the unknown data that's lingering around the logic and just get it out there. And and I've found, I mean, you gotta, you gotta find the right people, but people do really good stuff when they have um, good information. I'm, I'm speaking at the Data Warehouse Institute next week on this topic. And my name, of my topic is called Know-it-alls, Make Great Do-it-alls. And... <laughs> That's what we have been figuring out if people know what to do, yeah they do it.
0: That's cool. That's awesome. Well hey, and I, I've got a couple more questions as we kind of wrap up our conversation today. Um, but I think this has been super helpful for people to kind of get a glimpse into what they can learn from reports and what they can actually create out of all the data they have. I'm curious though if somebody's listening to this and they're going, okay, sounds like there's a lot there that i can do that maybe i haven't been doing or i've been unaware that i can piece all this together where would you start you know so you said you've been working on this for three years and you kind of find these other use cases and areas that you can build reports or add data to or clean up data you know what are the first couple of areas where you say hey if you're going to jump in year one you're going to get the most
2: value if you start here well i'm I'm a bit biased because i'm at um my dad's a CPA, my grandpa was an accountant. I, I don't think you can not have a good business without really good accounting reports or analytics. It just, it's, it's unavoidable, I don't care what you're doing. You gotta have that. And then I I took way too long to get there, but I would say the next thing is sales. Um, I think a lot of builders focus too much on building homes and not on sales. So I would go from accounting to finance. And if you had accounting finance, if you're selling houses effectively, and you're managing your cash flow, you can make a lot of mistakes in terms of budgets and schedules and get by. So Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's good good advice. Those two areas, you know, because I would imagine it's, it's kind of like, you know, eating the elephant, you kind of got to take one bite at a time, like, okay, let's put these reports in place. Let's get this data. And then, okay, let's move on to the the next stage and, and get some more things in place. Or, or do you recommend just Doing it all at once.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, uh, can I tell you a little about building intelligence? Yeah, yeah. And
0: that was actually my, my next question was just to let the audience know how they can connect with you and learn a little
2: bit more about you. Yeah. So the really funny thing about home builders is they all think they're different.
1: <laughs> and and I don't mean
2: from like the types of houses they build, because I've, I've, I've been a part of an uh, NHB 20 club group and... I've been across the country in the last two or three years and there's different types of houses, but when it comes to your, the data structure of home builders, gosh, they're real close. I mean, they've all got, you know, the same type of product a home. It's not like you're comparing cars and homes. Right. homes and they've all got, you know, some component of the land and, you know, foundation build and they've all got a sales process and budgeting scheduling. I mean, you know, 90% of the reason, you know, one of, half a dozen software products. So what just bugs me beyond belief is the fact that they all got to go, like build their analytics in a secret. Like they're all like, like my secret way to run my business. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret. No one knows that I know my margins or my schedules. Like I got this special way that I know when a house gets done. Like, <laughs> so I said it a little jokingly, it's expensive. So when you talk about the customer, so customers, People around the country are complaining about the cost of housing and builders are complaining about the cost of their trades. But what nobody's talking about is the cost of running the business. And we would say the business functions are very similar. So, one of the, one of the things that we're out to do, we started up Build Intelligence as a kind of a spin off side project, another business venture, is we are building analytics that are standardized, normalized, that people can really plug into. So we're, you know, the scariest thing of a custom secret analytics top, you know, private project is you're paying $250 an hour times two or three or four hundred hours over the course of two or three years. And most people look at that and they say, no, I'm not gonna afford it. But if you if you got together and said, geez, um, you know, if somebody else actually like combined that and could spread the cost out, it gets a whole lot cheaper. So the build intelligence company right now is uh, call it building a standardized logic and we have a mission that when um, customer has the data set up or a database that we've mapped that they can have analytics working within a week and at no hourly charge beyond the connections and some training and it becomes a an annual subscription type deal so not to get too bored with the details but but we would like builders to focus more on their people their product their locations, you know, and not like what's going on in my business. Totally. <laughs> it's uh, it's, uh, it's an ambitious project and um, we've got some builders already jumping in to do it and uh, others are interested. And so if people want to talk about the details, I'd be happy to. And Frank uh, is really doing that 24 seven, not 24 seven, sorry, 40 hours a week <laughs> plus or minus five days a week. He's uh, you know, you yeah. know, and, we're getting the word out, on you know, how to make this easier and quicker. There's also this time factor. Like, no one wants to wait. No one wants to spend hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars wait two or three years. So, like, why not next week?
0: Yeah, like,
2: you know. that's super
0: cool. And so, if people want to learn more about this and get connected with you guys, is it, uh, buildintelligence.com, or is there? You know, what's the best way to to connect with you?
1: Yeah, um, you can. Go to our website, buildintelligence.com uh, or email us at info at buildintelligence.com and we'll get right back. And we love the questions. Uh, we love when people have questions. Um, we're here to, one, help any builder who wants to learn more about this, uh, get a better understanding of it because, I mean, as, as a person who came into the data analytics, analytics world a little later than most, Um, It's always nice to have someone able to explain complicated things in a more simpler fashion. And I believe that's one of our areas of strength uh, that we want to bring to it. So, um, yeah, info at buildintelligence.com is a great email to reach out or you can call us direct at 541-350-2685.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's great. And I'll make sure that we get that linked up in the show notes so that people can get over there and start the conversation Sounds like uh, you guys have, have gained a ton of value out of building this system for your own building business. And, and now you're trying to help other people do, uh, do the same and do it faster and, and uh, more efficiently rather than having to, to wait multiple years. So that's, that's super cool. And, and as we you know, wrap up the show for today, I, I always like to ask one last question, which is, you know, if you could leave our, our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? The
2: advice is to remember why you come to work and why you have a business. And why I say that is most people forget and they regret later. And having an efficiently run business allows you to be in business and have those other priorities be honored. So whether that's family or community activities or health or whatever, Make sure those things are the reason that reason why is addressed, and the business is set up to serve it. Um, I'm tired of hearing builders that complain about their lives
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and can Right? Like, no, it's not why we're here. None of us. So let's set up these businesses so they're easier to run, so that heck, you can leave work early, take a little more time off, spend time with the whatever, and make money.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good advice and I can see how it's tied into your guys's mission, which is super cool. And uh, I just want to thank you both for joining me on the show today and kind of walking us through this topic. I think it's, I think it's very, very new for a lot of people. So um, it was very educational for me. And I think a lot of people will get a lot of value out of this show.
1: Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much, Spencer.
0: Cool. All right. Well then uh, we will sign off and uh, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.